0: Limerick Today with Jo Nash on Live 95.
1: Author and script writer Anna McPartlin is with us to talk about her new book now. Good morning to you, Anna. Hello, how are you? Anna, I'm very good and I'm really looking forward to chatting about this new book. But before we do, you had a lovely piece in the Irish Independent yesterday about Kenmare and about Packies and Kenmare. Yeah,
0: my favourite place my special place wasn't it that was the title yeah um i'm from kenmare you know i grew up in kenmare and uh i left when i was 18 to go to college and unfortunately over the years my whole family just emigrated to new zealand so when i go home Packies genuinely became this kind of touchstone place for me that i know that the minute i walked in there i'd be greeted like family it was extraordinary um, and everybody would make before and I'd just feel fantastic <laughs> and the food was just unbelievable
1: I, I, Do you know I was there Anna as I read the piece I realised um, my one and only trip to Kenmare about 10 years ago uh, I, I was in that place. It was your description that made me go, that's where we stopped and we had a, a bite to eat. And it w- yeah. it was, you're right. It was, I, I think I had chowder um, and it was just real wholesome, good Irish food. It's a yes. fabulous, fabulous place. Lots of people looking for holidays to in, in Ireland. They, they couldn't do worse than, Can- they could do a lot worse it's, than Khmer, couldn't oh,
0: they? Oh, is amazing. It's such a beautiful little town. I mean, of course, I, I, I'm biased, but it is beautiful. I mean, it's just full of gorgeous bijou shops. And it's so, the they, townspeople have put so much into that town. They, it's beautiful to look at. It's between the mountains. It's got the bay. It's, it's got the Brennan Brothers, for God's sake. What were you on? <laughs> yeah. It's a fabulous, fabulous town, yeah. And there's loads of really good eateries there. The restaurant standard is so high. And the cafes, it's just so high. It's so funny whenever I bring my friends down from Dublin, they're all like, Oh my god. We live in a kip.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can hear that laugh. I can hear that
1: laugh. Yeah, uh, no, it's a, it's a lovely spot um the the town itself and that particular place Packie's. Um and you mentioned in it as well the the cookbook that was released based around yes. the menu at Packie's. Have you been yes. doing a lot of cooking during lockdown?
0: Yeah, so uh it's My Wild Atlantic Way for any cookbook lovers. Uh it is definitely one to have on your shelves. No doubt about it. Uh, it is the genius of Maura O'Connell Foley. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I cooked and baked my way through uh, the lockdown and put on about 14 stones. So that wasn't brilliant. But I'm in the midst of I mean I'm trying to lose it now. But it's much easier to gain than to lose. But, yeah, I, I baked with an inch of my life.
1: Yeah. So, Anna, I have a confession to make, right? The Mm -hmm. Last Days of Rabbit Hayes. It's in my Kindle, but I'm a very slow reader and I haven't (laughs) got there yet. But I have read all the reviews on it and people have told me I have to read it. Uh, Do I have to read it before I read this sequel? I can't believe I haven't read it yet and the sequel's out already. Um, Do I have Um, to read it before Below the Big Blue Sky?
0: No, no, absolutely. I wrote Below the Big Blue Sky to stand completely alone. So, And I really worked hard on that. So, Look, the last days of Robert Hayes is about uh, a woman dying of a terminal illness, and we meet her as her mother is driving her into a hospice, and then we spend the last nine days of her life with her and the family as they grapple to come to terms with her dying. Sounds super cool. grim, <laughs> but it's not because it's full of cele- it celebrates life and joy and family and love and all things that really matter. Right, so that's what the last days of Robert Hayes is about. But Below the Big Blue Sky is about a family grieving. So we meet them on the day that Rabbit dies and we watch each one of them grieve in a different way over a period of two years, from the day she dies up to a period of two years. And again, it sounds super grim, but again, all my books are about grim subjects, but big, bright, beautiful, funny, snappy characters. And, it's, and, and the thing about it is, is that It feels more true to life for me when people are going through bad times, but it's not relentlessly grim. There's always, your character doesn't change just because of what you're going through. You don't change your your whole personality because of it. You just, you are who you are. And that's what I try to bring to my books. I try to bring, you know, a, a certain reality to them. Yes, there's a grim tale, but there is also a huge amount of laughter and love and all the good stuff.
1: We kind of do that tragic comedy thing pretty well in Ireland, don't we?
0: We really do. Um Darkness and Light, you know, they are hand in hand. And we're very good at that. And I often say, in Ireland you often hear more laughter at a funeral than you do at a wedding, you know. And there's a reason for that. Is that we're very good at funerals. We're very good at celebrating life. Even and we can we'll cry at a funeral. It's not like it's like a comedy show. Of course not. We'll we'll be one minute we'll be crying, the next minute Somebody will say something and remind uh, the the people in the room of something that this person did at a certain time and everybody will just fall around the place laughing. And that's just really nice. And we're really good at that. We're really good at celebrating life. And that's what this book does.
1: The Last Days of Rabbit Hayes was so successful, it's actually going to be put on, you're, you're writing a, a script to go with it? Is um, it going yeah, on TV yeah. or a f- movie or what? Yeah. what format is yeah. it?
0: It's a film, so we've got uh, Screen Ireland funding, and uh, we've got uh, we've tentatively got a director attached now, and we're looking at an actress. So we're moving along the development route, but it is torturous, <laughs> so long and torturous. So we'll see where we get. But we, we are we are we're in the, we're in the game.
1: That's, that's very sure. exciting.
0: Yeah, it is. It is very exciting. But it's long and torturous. Do you know what I mean?
1: I, you're probably not allowed to say who who you'd like to see in the main role, are you?
0: I know I'm not allowed to say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd love to. I'd love to say it. I'll tell you what, I, when I finish days. the
1: book, I, I, I'll email you a few suggestions, will I? Do, do, I,
0: I might even audition. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> do it more than welcome. You're, you're way too young for Molly, but definitely, I'd love to see what you think for Molly because uh, there's a couple of us that have exactly the same idea for Molly, so it'd be really interesting to see what you think.
1: Is Molly based on your mother-in-law?
0: She is, yeah. She's completely inspired by my mother-in-law, who is, was one of the sharpest, funniest uh, people in the entire world. I mean, she was just an incredible, incredible woman. And I always say about her that when she loved you, it's like basking in sunlight. And if she didn't like you, you better run. Oh, dear. (laughs) And she is that kind of character. But she's just, she's, funny and kind and empathetic and all of those things, but she's also really sharp and she would scare, uh, you know, she'd scare any man, you know, she's, she's one of those She's so intelligent and wise. And so when I was writing Rabbit Hayes, I said to Terry, I said, look, I'm, I'm using you as inspiration for Molly Hayes. And she went, go on ahead then do what you want. Right. And then when I w- wrote the book, she always read my books first. And, um, I print them out for her and she'd just read them on hard copy and uh, basically I I said to her what do you
1: think and she said I'm
0: not as bad as her and I said no you're better and she went you're damn right I am low
1: (laughs) One of the central characters is based on your mother-in-law and you had such a great relationship with her Uh, Why do you think so many Irish women give out about their mothers-in-law? I have to say I'm not one of them. i have one of the best <laughs> there is. She's fantastic. And we've always got on really well. But I, I do sit down with my friends sometimes and I feel sorry for them because uh, the, the mothers-in-law tend to have uh, this real desire to interfere with their daughters-in-law lives and how they raise the children and all that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I'm like you. I, I think it's really weird when I hear friends talk about difficult mother-in-laws. Um, and I, I... I I just think we obviously won the lotto. I don't know what it is. I mean, you see, as well as that, we don't know what the relationship between them are. You're only ever getting one side of the course. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's plenty of mother-in-law's friends going, why do you have such dodgy daughter-in-laws? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, with <we're> days, <laughs> days. Yeah. So it's just, look, every personal relationship is different. And, you know, sometimes people are brought together and their characters clash. And it's not anyone's particular fault. It's just that you happen to love somebody's son and you and that person just don't match. You're, 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 you just don't. There's a clash there for some reason. So in any other ordinary circumstance, you'd never have anything much to do with one another. But because you've fallen in love and married her, her son, now you're family. That's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you and I hate the mother-in-law a lot because we walked through the door, found somebody that we like, got on with, that there was no class, and built on that so that now, you know, we have a relationship based on love. And that's, that's an incredible thing to have happen. So, and I'm super grateful because I lost my mother at the age of 17 and I met my husband at 21. So Terry McPartland came into my life when I was 21 year old, years old, still grieving my mom and still feeling very vulnerable. And she was such a force of good and light in my life from that age. And I will be grateful for that woman till the day I
1: die. Well, we've got a text in here from a listener who's asking you, Anna, What what is it like releasing a book in the pandemic? And do you think that the people are reading more now during lockdown?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know is the answer... Um, some people definitely are. Some people can't focus on books right now. They're just finding it difficult because the world is moving at a different speed right now and nobody really is quite sure so while somebody will di- some people will disappear into the land of books other people will be just you know just agitated and just not in that place so everybody just has to be kind to themselves and do what works for them and yeah i mean god only knows i'm finding it difficult to read at the moment now i am working on three different um Jobs. I'm doing two television jobs and I'm doing an editing of a book. So I'm exhausted 24-7. So there is that. But
1: look. How do you knows? manage that? How do you juggle doing two different TV scripts uh, uh, and something else at the same time? Do you not get your characters confused? No,
0: no. Because
1: it's all, when you're doing
0: development work. So say, for example, I do uh, uh, a bead sheet. So a sheet is effectively me breaking down an entire episode into small paragraphs. So every scene is this tiny paragraph and then I send it over to the uh, producers and the editors and they decide whether they're happy with that beat sheet and then they come back to me. But that takes a week. So I do that. I put it in the post to them. Then I wait for them to come back to me. And in the meantime, then I go into the other project and I work on that. And that's a different in a different place. So then I'm waiting to go back to those producers with whatever I'm doing on that. And then in the meantime, if the book comes in, There'll be two projects that I'm waiting on, uh, responses on email. So I'll go in and I'll do some notes and I'll just pick. um, And then, and I have it, I have it kind of like a well-oiled machine. You know, at the start, it was just, I'm pulling my hair out. But now I know what I'm doing and I have it just when I'm,
1: when I'm finished with that
0: project then I can take a day off and then I'll get into the next project and then I'll take a day off and then I'll get into the next project
1: and that's how I do it. Okay, well, I'm sure you're, you're being kept very, very busy uh, especially with promoting this book as well. The book is called Below the Big Blue Sky. The author is Anna McPartland available in all good bookshops. Thank you so much for joining us on Limerick Today. Uh, thanks morning, for having Anna. me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.